Welcome to Merrickville. Welcome to Monday and welcome to a gigantic traffic snail, Sydney. Oh, God, if you're heading out onto the west uh, end of the M5, heading west at Moorbank, forget about it. There has been a crash and a fire. All lanes are shut. But the good news is Lawrence Mooney's here, so we'll entertain you whilst you're stuck in traffic. It's very nice to be here, Mez. Monday, only a couple of days till spring. We say goodbye to what has been a long and cold winter. Yeah, you know what? Winter can go and F itself. I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm done with winter. Yeah. I used to I used to stick up for it. I used to say, you know, it's a great season to cuddle in. You get to wear, you know, a scarf and a coat and, yeah. and get to enjoy hot food. You know what, winter? Yep. Up yours, mate. I'm done with it. You know what I want now? <laughs> I want outdoor drinking. Because mm. that's the only difference between seasons for me. Indoor drinking, outdoor drinking. I just, just want girls drinking. in fascinators off their dial on champagne. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if we're going to the Melbourne Cup this year, Loss. Oh, okay. <laughs> not with that talk. Lawrence Mooney with him this afternoon. What a massive weekend of sport. We're about to head into footy finals, of course. But yesterday, Loss, the big fight between Floyd Mayweather Jr. and, of course, Conor McGregor. Uh, I would say it didn't disappoint. It delivered on its promise, went 10 rounds and uh, looked like they were fighting for realsies. Mind you, everyone got the feeling that they were businessmen in a great partnership when they got to the end and just smiled and hugged <laughs> one another and went, we just made a lot of money <laughs> punching <laughs> each other in the head. Just so much money. <laughs> like, I mean, you think about it. If somebody said to me, you have to step in the ring with Conor McGregor for that amount of money, I just go, whatever. Yeah. And they go, but you, Merrick, you'll get knocked out in like two seconds and then you'll probably have permanent mm. brain damage. And I go, well... I mean, that's just two seconds from what I've already got. So, What about we build a big fight up between you and Liam? Uh, we announce it. And Liam, Liam wears a pinstripe suit and the pinstripes are swear words. And he's yeah. just like, I'll tell you, well, I'm going to go on to... You've got to learn an Irish accent, Liam. Okay. Well, here's the thing is that uh, I thought Conor McGregor was indistinguish, uh, indistinguishable. I think mm. it was very hard to distinguish what he was saying before he'd been drinking. But uh, post... Match, Fine. did you see the press conference he had after? I saw yeah, 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 yeah. Let's listen to this. What's up, everybody? Hello. Hello. My whiskey now, notorious Irish whiskey. What? Coming soon. Do I answer questions or do I just rattle on? Rattle on? No problem. It was a good fight. Boy. I smoked them the early rounds. It was a bit of fun, right? <laughs> it was a bit of fun. It was a bit of fun. It was a bit of fun. Nothing like guy. a drunk Irishman that can fight like a mountain of men. Yeah. Um, very... good, good for Vegas, too, because he's just going out to straight out to nightclubs. A drunk Irishman after a big fight going to the nightclubs. But that was his uh, his own brand of whiskey yeah, that yeah. he's launched there. So just always the thinking about the money. He's walking out and... So he's... smart. Yeah. Because he needed some more cash. Yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. Except all of the cash. Yeah. That goes to Switzerland and the Cayman Islands. Have you been to Vegas? I've been to Vegas a few times. Did something happen in Vegas that you can't talk about? I'm not particularly proud of. There's a few few things. I I was kind of a party to an arrest. I can't really talk about that. Right. Yeah, a friend of mine was arrested there. Did you? Oh, you didn't citizens arrest somebody? No, 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 no. And search them. (laughs) This is a citizen's arrest. You well, why do you carry beatbox? Why have you got yeah. your own? Why have you only got your own form of musical entertainment on your shoulder? Oh, this is, is not I, a real arrest, is it? This you is... know, it, it, off the back of um, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the movie series of movies? The Hangover? <laughs> no, the Oceans, Hangover, yeah. Ocean's yeah. Eleven. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What he's a lot of about. movies set in Las Vegas. <laughs> no. 
Um, off the back of the hangover, you yeah. know, there's a lot of boys trips that go to Las Vegas and a lot oh, of man. Oh, Vegas. crazy things happen. Here's the thing about Vegas, and if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Whether you're male or female, it makes no difference. You go there and you just go, oh, yeah, it's just like any other town. You go there and before you know it, you just go, oh my God, I've completely lost my mind. And you do, you just completely lose your mind. But, oh. And what, what, what are some of the things, the first things you do in oh. Vegas? Start gambling or go and see... Shows, ladies dancing. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much one for like you know your proper Cirque du Soleil type performances. I like you know just um, you know ones with women who got low self esteem. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I don't. Like, I went okay. So I'm just going to tell you about ten years ago, oh. Lars. <laughs> I went to Vegas. I got off the plane mm-hmm. after missing a flight for unknown reasons. I ended up uh, meeting with my team in uh, Vegas. And a mate of mine, Marto, said to me, he goes, it was about three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon. He goes, come and have a beer. And I went, mate, I can't. I'm cooked from the flight. I've got to work tomorrow. I can't do it. And he goes, come on. We're in Vegas. You've got to have one beer. And I went, nah. And he goes, come on, Watsy, one beer. And I went, all right, one beer. I said, it's one. four o'clock. Just at the one. S- at six o'clock, I'm eating and I'm going to bed because I am cooked. And he goes, all right, one beer. 7 a.m. the next day. Oh, it's gone past 6 p.m. Gone past 7 p.m. Another 12 hours later. You're still sitting on that one beer. That's amazing. I had spent $1,500 US at scores. Oh, Oh, all of the money. What is is scores? It's a strip joint. Oh. It's a gentleman's club. What were you you doing there? (laughs) Just what? What happens Just there? Enjoying the music. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the music to the tune of fifteen hundred dollars. I spent all of my money for my entire trip in one night. It was all gone, and I had to ring my wife and say, "Look, I put all gonna... my money in somebody's underwear <laughs> to keep it safe." We're gonna see. <laughs> She's nicked off with it. <laughs> you can't trust anyone these days. <laughs> I even did the right thing, and I converted the money into another currency, into dancer dollars, and they've gone. <laughs> I just I had to ring my missus and just say, look, you're going to see a weird For credit card statement. And all the safety, the, I was putting the money away with my teeth so no one could snatch it off me. And uh, I hit some of it in my own pants. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, uh, it was all gone. My entire, my entire trip's budget was gone in one night. And the what? rest of the time, I just had to go around and just enjoy through. In terms of boys' uh, weekends or trips away going wrong, uh, my trip to Vegas, in brackets Hobart. Uh, Here we go. We went on a footy trip, uh, my brother and me, Steve. That's and not we a footy up... trip if you just go with your brother. That's a family no. trip. <laughs> Down at Tassie, it's something else if you just go with your brother. <laughs> but um, no, there was a team of footballers with us. Yeah. Uh, South Caulfield, hello boys. Um, so... We went down and uh, after a night out, we were coming home at dawn, uh, a little bit worse for wear. We ended up having an argument that developed into a bit of a push and shove that developed into a fight. And it became full-blooded on a median strip. Uh, and he eventually swung me around by the leather tie. <laughs> Sorry, hold on, was, hold on, hold on. It was 1988. Hold on, we've missed a part of this story. Lawrence, why are you wearing a leather tie? <laughs> He just said it was 1988, and he's wearing a leather tie at a median strip after drinking in Hobart on a footy trip with his brother, and he's having a fight with his brother. Yeah, and he's swinging me around by the leather tie, 
which snapped. And the momentum, I flew off the media strip into traffic and just heard the... <laughs> and I'm if sorry, it wasn't, this it wasn't become... for the German brakes of the Porsche that stopped inches from my face, wow, it would have been a very different trip. See, the guy gets out and just goes, what are you doing? I said, just having a discussion, <laughs> mate. Just relax. <laughs> I, I thought it was, Porsche, it was a believable story until you said into the traffic in Hobart. And I was going, oh, hang on. In traffic? No, car. there was... There's at least three cars in one lane. Uh, <laughs> I want to open up the phones, Lars. It's Monday. It's it's tough. Everyone's had a big weekend. Well, we have. Oh, yeah. Um, and I want to take your calls on one triple three five three. What happens in Vegas normally gets uh, left in Vegas. Today it gets brought on the airwaves at Miracle. One triple three five three. Any story that you've got that involves a little trip to Vegas. You know, men, women, whatever you don't. I'm not saying that, you know, that's what you've done. I'm just saying, you know, ladies, guys, you can call in on one triple three five three. Tell us what you've done. Maybe you were arrested. What did you do? Maybe you got married. Maybe you oh. woke up somewhere you shouldn't have. Maybe you lost $1,500 at scores and you can't remember how that money. Tattooed on the face. Oh. Actually, woke if you up. know where Merrick's money is, if you've got that oh. money, you can give us a call. I know. Woke up with Mike Tyson and a monkey and a tiger. <laughs> give us a call. Great to have you coming, Lawrence Mooney, with me this afternoon. We're taking mm. your calls on one triple three five three. What happened in Vegas that you probably shouldn't share, but you're going to share because it's funny? Uh, because I tell you, well, there beat some pretty loose action in Vegas after yesterday's uh, fight between Conor McGregor and Mayweather, uh, including our very own Salim Mahaja, who was there. Mm. Um, they must have uh, some sort of uh, excellent deal on eyebrow waxing going on over there at the moment. Because I've seen the photo. I'll tell you what, that's manicured. Our very own Salim Mahaja. His face is looking so smooth. It looks as smooth as a fridge. Doesn't it? It, it does. does. It is I don't an emotionless. It looks like uh he looks like Nicole Kidman. That's how smooth his face is. If Nicole Kidman had a beard, like a really, really tightly manicured beard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Anyway, uh we're taking your calls on uh, when you've been to Vegas. <laughs> and you can share your stories on what should have probably been left there. Got Romina. Hi Romina. Hi boys, how you going? Very good indeed. All right. Tell us about your trip to Vegas. Um, so a few of me and my friends were walking down the strip and, you know, just a good old walk down Vegas strip. And mm. this guy came up to us and said, oh, do you want to watch a show? And we're like, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like, yeah, no worries. So we ended up watching his wife and a few of his cousins dance. Um, <laughs> and then at the end Ooh. of the show, he asked if he wanted to buy his wife. Oh, so you watched his... <laughs> When you said you, you watched his wife and a few of his cousins, it's like, oh, where is this going, Mina? But, yeah, yeah. yeah but what, when you we say dancing. Know, we, we didn't find out that it was his wife and his cousins until the end of the show. And they said, oh, yeah, that's his wife and we're his cousins. So I'm like, oh, okay. Can oh, we get out now? That's so disturbing. <laughs> we, 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 we give away the fact that you're in somebody's lounge room and they've just got, I oh, just pushed Nan to the side was, and take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a lounge room. It was a, it was a full blown, like, it, you thought it was a, like a like, you know, dance joint. And you're like, okay, this seems legit. And then, no, no, it wasn't. And when, so we when ran. they say bye, just for a short time only, or... Well, we, actually asked the same, we actually asked the same question. I said, how long do we get her for? And he's like, how long would you like her? Ooh, and my sorry. friend piped up and my friend piped up and said, um, well, we can have her for a few weeks since we're here. And he's like, yeah, no worries. But we didn't end up doing it. Don't worry. We yeah, do okay. It, Romita, so. can I just point out that this stripper that you've tried to buy, <laughs> this is not like doing a deal at Harvey Norman, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're doing is going, do I get an interest-free term? Talk to me about the warranty. No interest payments until 2018. It was used by Jason. 
<laughs> it's got to go. We've got new stock coming in. <laughs> All cousins must go. <laughs> Thank you, Romina. Oh, That's wow. quite strangely disturbing. Yet funny at the same time, we've got Neil and Warrywood. Hello, Neil. Hi, Mac. Hi, Lawrence. How are you doing? Very good, mate. All right. So what happened like to all good, Like all good stories, this one starts at a bar. Yeah. Mm. I was at the bar and an African-American guy, well dressed one, came up beside me and I said, oh, we just started chatting and I thought, I'll buy you a beer. And said, no, I'll get you a beer. And I said, no, I'll get you a beer. And anyway, yeah, in cutting a long story short, he takes me back to his table and there's a prince of Thailand, his bodyguard, his hairdresser. Anyway, they take us out. Well, me. I just tag along. You go to a nightclub and he got cranky because they wouldn't change a thousand dollar bill. And then back to his place and he goes, "Oh, that's oh. Michael Bolton. Who's next door? Do you want to go and meet him?" No, nah, I hate Michael Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're back um, at his place feeling a little bit woozy. <laughs> no, then we go to a restaurant that he's kept oh. the manager and the and the cook there at two thirty in the morning, and then they turn on the karaoke bar and. We're just there, just by ourselves, and I can tell you now that not all African Americans can sing and dance after being karaoke with them. Yeah, that's, that's something we just assumed. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. What about the fact that you were the Prince of Thailand, Akers? That's, that's the interesting yeah, well, story. It was weird. It, I don't think. Yeah, it was a bit weird that one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because he's the Prince of Thailand. <laughs> How funny is that? Prince of Thailand, some black dude there. Oh, there's Neil from Warrywood. <laughs> Sorry, Prince, have you met have you met Neil from Warrywood? <laughs> So, Neil, you went on a date with a black guy yeah. and uh, didn't like the way he danced. <laughs> Later, we'll give us a call if that's happened. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dean and Karen Barlow, Dino. Afternoon, guys. Love the show. Oh, thank you, Thanks, mate. Dino. All right. What happened when you went to Vegas? Yeah, so the missus and I, we uh, went to Vegas back in February this year. We'll start off going to see a, a concert in Vegas. The afternoon before the concert, uh, we ended up eloping, getting married. And um, I said to the missus, what do you want to do to celebrate that we got married? And she goes, let's go to a strip show. So, boom. We, Excellent. Uh, we headed to a strip show on her demand. So did you get married by an Elvis? No, 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 no. We, just, we got married in the Gleason Chapel, but um, not from Elvis, no. So, so that's cool. You, went, you just went there and you ended up getting married. Yeah, we, uh, we, had, we planned it to go to see the, see the US. We want to go to Vegas and we... Yeah. Around this concert was the rock concert we saw on the Saturday night, but then the Friday night we went. This Friday afternoon, day a couple of days leading up, so we said, "Let's just get married, come on." So we did it, just us two, and the best oh, thing we did. How yeah. cool! So you, know, mum, dad, where did you spend your honeymoon? At a strip show. <laughs> now finish your vegetables. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money because someone has to pay marriage salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. From Melbourne's mean streets. You could say this was the murder we missed. A story you'll have to hear to believe. He said he was a 200-year-old vampire. Why was Shane Chantra's abbot gunned down before giving evidence? Two men shot him down. It's a mystery within a mystery within a mystery. Listen now to this untold true crime story from Adam Shand. The Trials of the Vampire at podcast1.com.au or download the app. Lawrence Mooney with me today, and Loz, even though it's a Monday, there's always something happening in the political arena, isn't there? In fact, uh, Mez, as you know, we've got uh, unfettered access to the Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. He's one of the friends of the show, Big yep. Mal- Loves Malcolm it. Turnbull. And uh, as a father, I guess this Sunday he'll probably be celebrating Father's Day. Oh, yes, he's, of course. He's a father, and uh, as are we. How many, kids so, is, how many kids has Big Mal got? He's got two, Daisy and Alex. What do they and, do? Uh, what do they do for a living? Oh, be rich. 
Right. Just be rich people. I think Alex works in New York, and I think Daisy's a mum. Right. The, uh, the mother of two children herself. But anyway, enough of the Turnbull family tree. Let's ha- find out what's happening in Big Mel's voicemail. Hello, it's the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull speaking. This Sunday is Father's Day and I'd like to pass on my best wishes to all of the fathers out there, except, of course, labour-voting deadbeat dads welshing on parental payments. <laughs> my father, Bruce, was a single father and I wanted for nothing, except a mother, of course. But never mind. I have fond memories of Bruce taking me up the Hawkesbury, and that's not a euphemism. Anyway, happy Father's Day. <laughs> Tell me what you want for Father's Day and leave a message. <laughs> Turnbull! Turnbull, you Sangiovese supping ninny! What I'd like for Father's Day to see your tiny bonds underneath my size 14 boot. I'd like to see Barnaby Joyce do the harker. No, I'm only kidding. What I really want is to enjoy a 13-course breakfast in bed served by my beautiful children. Beautiful. You made me cry, Turnbull. You gonna pay for this? It's Lazarus! <laughs> oh, hello, Malcolm. Uh, it's uh, Rudy Vanstone, uh, the stereotypical Dutchman from Merrickville calling. On Father's Day, I have a, I have a traditional Dutchman's Day. Uh, I get up early, put on my clogs, uh, work on my tulips for a while in the garden, build a windmill, stick my finger in a dike, smoke some dough Egbert, pop tobacco, eat some profiteries, then uh, explore some new lovemaking positions with my wife, Marta. That's uh, just a beautiful, lovely day for us. It's Rudy Vanderstone here. Happy Father's Day. No, hello, Mr. Turnbull. It's Jackie Lambie speaking. Even though I came from a broken home, I'm very proud of what my parents provided and achieved, Mr. Turnbull's. My father has had a hard time of it too, and I, I love him. And so on Father's Day, I go down to the caravan park where he lives, and we illegally discharge firearms into the paddock next door whilst destroying a f- mountain of piss. And then we have a traditional arm wrestle. Loser gets locked in the woodshed, Mr. Turnbull's. I've won the last five years because he's arthritic and he's got a work-related injury. <laughs> Bam, Jackie wins again. Jackie. <laughs> Hello, Malcolm. It's Christopher Pine speaking, Minister for Industrial something or other. I can't remember. Oh, I love Father's Day. Call me Daddy. Who's your Daddy? I'm your Daddy. I'm your Daddy. Who's your Daddy? Oh, I'm your Daddy. Oh, I'm a Daddy. I just like a traditional kind of Father's Day too. I get up and go to a sauna for a couple of hours and then I open presents. I'll ask for the same old thing, Malcolm. Cravats, BG's albums and Liberal Party Royal Blue Silk Undies. <laughs> undies. <laughs> it's Pino. Joined this afternoon by Lawrence Mooney. Mm. And Liam I wanted to do the rest of the show as a Dutchman. Oh. Because uh, I just enjoyed that accent. I could do the rest of the year. I used to okay. think, hey, I, Why don't we do the last segment as a couple of Dutchmen? From U- I'm from Utrecht. Where are you from, Rotterdam? I'm from Rotterdam. I've got, uh, got a couple of strange proclivities. Uh, got the What's your cl- proclivities? Do you, uh, does it involve uh, right, sticking some like food in your... <laughs> <laughs> Sticking some food sources in uh, different parts of your body. So there was a story in the Newcastle paper yes. during the week uh, about the fact that Novocastrians tend to say the word uru when they when they say goodbye. Instead uru. of see you later, they say uru. Well, you say uru when you say, say goodbye. Uru. Yeah, yeah uru. And, uh, and Queensland, some parts of Queensland, they say uray. Oh, uray. do they? 
Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm. Uru. Uru. Well, uh, the development of this breaking mm. exciting story, mm. it was that uh, the Newcastle Airport, which has recently opened its new international arrival and departure gates. The mm. Maddie Johns Airport, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know it well. <laughs> has a page on the website which explains Aussie slang, the idea being for mm. international visitors arriving in Newcastle. Mm. Here is some of the slang that you could what, come to expect. Sh- they should have a sign explaining that they're not in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> they should have a detailed explanation of where you are and where you are not. You are right. not in Sydney. Here's a map right, on how now, to get where you are. Just don't come the raw prawn. What are you trying to get at? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have prepared a quiz for you, gentlemen, today. Let me hear you say something in your language. Lyman Mungrel Park. Lyman Galas. In end of the week. Yahoo! What's that? I'm going to give you. It's a little bit of Justin Bieber. I'm going to give you... He's singing, what do you mean? I'm oh. going to give you a phrase, who can, who and you've got to tell me... You will use any excuse to get your favourite singer onto this show. You know I will. That was so thin. All right. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So we've got we started quiz. this break You're with guilty. you guys just well, saying, no. I'd like to speak in a Dutch accent. Yeah, but yeah. that's relatable, Liam. Okay. Just the Bieber. I'm going to give you a phrase. I'm going to give you a phrase. I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you a phrase, and you've yep. got to tell me the origin of the phrase, where it's come from. All right. Okay. Do we okay. need buzzers? Yeah. All Loz, right. what's the, uh, what are the buzzer sound effects we're going with? I'll today? be knackers. Knackers? Oh, okay, good. I'll be Coco. Coco and knackers. Mm. <laughs> All right, here we go. Balls to the wall. What, what's the hang on? What you got, you got to t- all right, knackers. What, what are we it? doing you got to tell me the origin of the phrase balls to the okay, wall. Right. Oh, knackers. Um Go knackers. It's, it's break-up day, and uh, you want to do a pressed ham at the studio <laughs> to show all the people from sales. <laughs> that is not so correct. So balls to the wall. Coco, any thoughts on where balls to the wall comes from? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got something to do with a glory hole. <laughs> Because your balls would be to the wall. Technically. (laughs) Other parts of you will be through it. Okay. But balls to the wall. Any thoughts? No, it's actually from the fact that it is a a glory hole and you've had to press press so hard. No, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. Quite a thick wall. It's quite a thick wall. You didn't realise it's actually studded plaster. There's 100 mil there. There's no No, way that you've got 100 mil to get through that gap there. So you've got to press really hard against the wall. It it, it means you're up against it. It means you're up against it. You've had your go, Knackers. It derives from aviation. Uh, The balls sat on top of the levers controlling the throttle and fuel mixtures, pushing them forward front pushing them forward toward the front wall of the cockpit made the plane go oh, faster. That's so it's excellent. an aviation term. That's, I, I assume as much as I tell you what, he's balls to the wall. Yeah, exactly. All right. Oh, God. <clears throat> Beat about the bush. <laughs> okay, so you're in Byron. And you're at a full moon festival. <laughs> Mullumbimby? Cocker. Cocker. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to give you the answer and move on. The the origin of it, in hunting, it's often necessary to beat the underbrush noisily in order to flush the animals out of the open. To quarry, it's particularly for quail hunting and other bird hunting, what you would do is you'd beat around the bush with a stick so that they would fly into the air and therefore you could shoot them with your uh, your gun. A timid and unwilling hunter will beat about the bush, making a show of finding and killing the beast, but not actually doing so. So so we're going for the derivation, not the actual meaning. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you remember when I, at the start of the quiz I said, I'll give you a phrase yeah. and you tell me the origin. Okay. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Okay. Right. I would have used okay. the word derivation, but you can go with yeah. origin. Okay. Chance your arm. Oh. Well, you, you're sticking your arm somewhere where it shouldn't be. <laughs> Up to the elbow, probably. Okay, uh, 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 Coco. Okay. All right. Okay, chance your arm uh, comes from uh, gambling. Mm, of sorts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was waiting for the buzzer. Yeah, you were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the arm in question refers... To stick refers... your arm out the car and throw a water bomb. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and then it gets taken off in a horrible accident. It's, just, it's referring to a stripe of military rank worn on the upper sleeve, and if you take a risk, you might be demoted, thereby losing the stripe. So you oh. chance your arm. Oh, okay. You chance your rank. Okay, all right. Listen to Liam trying to sound <laughs> smart. Well, he's loving, one he's of loving us has to. come out he's, of Adelaide. One of us has to. Yeah, look at you. you right. He came out of Adelaide with year eight, and look at him <laughs> with his PowerPoint presentation. Right. You've got none he of... 12 years of school, but he only got year eight. So. Yeah. Year eight was his... The best four years of his life. <laughs> You've got none, no one's got any points yet. So yeah. here we go. Yeah. The last right, one. Go. Tell me the derivation of mm. this phrase. Let the cat out of the bag. Uh, Coco. All right. Beat about the bush. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Oh. So they used to um, drown cats. And they used to put them into uh, Hessian bags mm -hmm. and then they would go and drown them. Mm -hmm. And to let the cat out of the bag meant that you literally let the secret out of the bag. You would let the cat out of the bag before it was drowned. It's a good That's answer, Matt. Mm, but it's not, it's right, not the right answer, answer no, though. No. no. Uh, in times so gone by. The, hang on a second. Okay. Oh, okay. Hang on a second. <laughs> now here's the, here's the answer you wanted to give. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You let, you let the cat out of the bag. Okay. So no All one's right. going to use the word. Pussy elbow. No. They haven't got a bag full of pussy cats. <laughs> that'd be. In times you, you get a pair of 501s, but you, get, you take them off. <laughs> okay. I don't know why that's making me laugh. In times gone by, farmers would bring suckling pigs to market wrapped up in a bag. Unscrupulous farmers would substitute a cap for the pig, and if someone let the cat out of the bag, the secret was uncovered. Oh, oh so they were being cheeky. Yeah. So what does that mean? You should always carry your own pussy. Is that what you're saying, Liam? I don't know what you're... Are you, are you, are you both happy with yourselves? You both got yeah. to say it once. Listen to Liam. <laughs> Going to stay in after work. <laughs> Have we got another question, Liam? Well, do you want one more? <laughs> yeah, come on. All right, I'll give you we one more. Yeah, yeah, it's on. a tie on zero, Monday, zero. Right. We're not... Cocko and the... Cocko oh, and Nacky. <laughs> 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 All right, here you go. All right. All right. Where does the word, what's the derivation of the word booze? Oh. That's interesting. I've had yeah. heaps of it. <laughs> I've had so much I can't remember it. Yeah. The, that's a real good one. Yeah. Is no. it something to do with? It's, it's um, a, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. The Alcohol. language it's derived from. Is one that you two really enjoy. It's, it's Dutch. It's is it, Dutch. It's from Dutch. Oh, yeah. It's a Dutch or term meaning it's like ooze, but uh, it comes out of somewhere else. <laughs> so because it's, it's, I think it meant because it comes from like a, a broody, it should no, maybe it, come from like a bushery. No, it comes from boobs. From, from the boobs. Because alcohol is like mother's milks, and that's why we call them the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> 
What is it, it comes, left? It comes from a Dutch word, boosen, which means to drink heavily. It's booze oh, yeah. oh, okay. Booze on. Because you booze yeah, on. Was, uh, but we never get drunk in Holland. Uh, so, you know. Oh, and you've got 30 seconds, both of you. Go for it. <laughs> Listen, Liam, you're being very disrespectful about the Dutch culture, okay? What you need to do is get on your bicycle and ride through the red light district and just relax. <laughs> Lawrence Mitty. Oh, what day am I seeing Lawrence again? You see him on Thursday. Oh, Thursday. I, I guess I'll see you on Thursday then. I'll see you Thursday. All right. See ya. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick, I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Great to have your company, Sydney. Sorry if you're stuck in traffic this afternoon. It's a nightmare. Anything anywhere near the M5 at the moment is an absolute disaster. But we'll try and cheer it up a little bit. Bit of a uh, bit of a, a monumental moment, I suppose, in my little family over the weekend. Yesterday, my daughter Kinga, she's five, and she is a little dynamo. She uh, had her first tooth fall out, Liam. Oh, yeah, it was a bit of a moment. God, man, kids' first teeth are weird. They're tiny when they come out of their face. Because you've been go, through, oh. but you've been through that first experience with um, with Wolfie. Wolf, he's Wolfie, he's lost a couple, and yep. he's about to lose a few more. But mm. he's eight. He's a late toother. He's he's like a he's, late toother. Yeah, yeah. They're coming out late. He's only lost two, and he's eight. Oh wow! So okay. we've told him we're gonna have to pull him out. Oh gosh! I oh, know we've spoken about, about how you'll try to attempt that. But Kinga lost yeah. her first tooth. Yeah, so it was a bit of a moment yesterday. And she was really delighted, and you know, of course, she was very much looking forward to the tooth fairy. Absolutely, delivering some money because and people have probably never met your kids, Mez, but I have, and uh, they are gifted, aren't they? Your beautiful. daughter is you. Mm. Yeah, so gifted, she would like have I been said, gifted and beautiful. She would have been uh, gifted and beautiful. Yeah. Gifted and beautiful. Mm-hmm. But when that tooth came out, she would have lost her little mind. Yes. And then when she realized she was going to get paid for it. Yeah. Could not have been more excited. Lost a tooth on the phone to Nanny straight away, telling Nanny about how she lost her first tooth. And now she feels like a big girl. It's great. And like that. So there's a lot of talk about that yesterday morning. And then uh, all of a sudden, there's panic in the house about an hour or so later because she can't find her tooth. Oh, I'm no. going, what do you mean? What have you, you, you done with your tooth? You've got to put it aside for the tooth fairy. And she goes, oh, I don't know. I wrapped it up in some tissue. And then just tears because oh. she's a girl and it's all emotional. Yeah. And she's going, she's gone berserk. And that crushes my heart. I can't handle seeing my little girl cry yeah. like that. So I said, go and cry somewhere else. It's upsetting me. Go into the garage. <laughs> you threw a blanket go, over her. Go, go, gets hit. <laughs> go into a quite dark place and cry your eyes out. Don't do it near me. I'm trying to enjoy my life. Uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> I love her. It broke my heart. Anyway. So then I hear this conversation. She's freaking out. She's in yeah. tears because she can't find a tooth and she doesn't know where it is. And then this is going on. So we're trying to find it. Yeah. You know, when I say we, George is. Georgie. And uh, I hear this little conversation between my son who he's got a heart of gold, my little boy, and he's talking to his sister. And this is the conversation I had to interrupt. He said okay. to her, he goes, King, I know what we can do. 
We can pull out one of my teeth and we can put it in your mouth and then we can pretend that it was yours and then the tooth fairy will still give you some money. Oh, heart of gold, head full of lead. What an idiot. (laughs) He's going to pull out his own teeth. What are you doing? What is that? Pull out your tooth and then put it in your sister's mouth? Such a Watts family thing to say. Oh, my boy. Time out. Time out. Time out. There's no pulling out human teeth and putting them in other human teeth. Mouths. We're not doing that here, kids. So anyway, then we had to go and find the tooth. And uh, Georgie, my wife, is, is patient and an angel, went through the bin because he, oh, wow. had, she'd wrapped it up in um, some tissue, she reckons. And Georgie says, I think I might have picked it up and put it in the bin. Georgie opened up the bin because it had already been, she'd already tied it off. I think it was already sealed up. And she laid out another bin flat and just poured out the contents and literally on her hands and knees went through the contents of our bin as I stood watching. I was going to say, beer in hand. Just, I can't remember. I was so drunk. I don't know. I think she was going to, anyway, no, she was, but Georgie went through. She goes, oh, look, I'll find it. And I was trying to pacify Kinga and keep her calm. So then eventually she found the tooth. Oh, she found it. Found that, it. that is, I mean, that's needle the, in a ha- that's needle the, in a haystack is the modern version of needle in a haystack was, tooth in a bin full of crap. And I don't think it was wrapped up in the tissue anymore. It was loose. And Georgie managed amongst all of this stuff. You sure it's Kinga's tooth? Or a piece of rice. <laughs> that would have been that was so my backup much plan. easier. That was totally my backup plan. I was going to go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and get a piece of risotto, and then I'm just going to get a texter and put a bit of red on the end of it and just go, look at that. Don't look at it for too long. I'm going to go and give it to the tooth fairy. No, look at it. Look at it from a distance. From a distance, then I'm going to, oh, I'm going to give it to the tooth fairy. Let's go put it over here. Put the tooth fairy under your pillow. Anyway, she got yeah. five bucks, which is too much that for seems, the tooth fairy. Wow, yeah. the tooth fairy's doing My well. My kids are asking me in the car, I drop off this morning, how much money did you get when you were a kid, Dad? Yeah. And I said 50 cents. Yeah. And I was pretty happy with that. So you guys, inflation. Tooth, you could you could pay for an M4 toll with, with that. Almost. You can go one way now on the toll. Oh, she yeah. can't come back. No, she can't come back. Can't uh, afford it. Um, so I want to open up the phones. I'm 13353. What have you had to go through the bins for? When you've had to oh. go on a search, you go through the bins because you've lost something. Of value, I presume. Bit of dumpster diving. Yeah, yeah. And you've had to go in the bin. Did you see the story? It was about a week or so ago. There was a woman, um, she's a nurse from Western Sydney, and she goes through dumpsters. She's a dumpster diver. Yeah. And she goes through to find discarded foods and and products from people's households. Like, you know, like good food. Yeah. She saved up enough money. She bought herself a $1 million apartment just on the outskirts of the inner west. Yeah. You know what? I'm okay for her to have her $1 million apartment. I don't want to dig through bins for my food. I would for an apartment. You, would you? you say, yeah, you say that now, Liam, but you know, that's you because you just keep back and eating half a smashed avocado. But once that, <laughs> once, once that avocado runs out, mate, you're going to be just going to go, I'm going to go into a skip. I'm going to just call me a human ibis. One triple three five three. Give us a call. When have you had to go through the bins looking for something? What was it? What did you find? Did you get it? Were you successful? I know it's a Monday. Mondays are always a little bit tougher, particularly if you're stuck in traffic. No shortage of calls today for people who have been through bins looking for things. Either we're very kind of, I don't know, lazy or not lazy. Uh, we're quick to misplace What is it you're trying to say about the Sydney people, Mary? Oh, well, the fact that we're going through bins. Yeah. Bin scabbing's a massive thing. My wife yeah. did this. I would never put my hands in the bin. <laughs> but I would watch my wife tip out the contents of a bin and go through it to find my human child's baby tooth. Before we get to the calls, Mies, when yes. we've got lots to get through. Dave from North Tower, I just wait there. What is the thing you will go through a bin for? Where's your line ticket? in the sand? A lottery ticket, like a Powerball ticket or something like that. I'd go straight through that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go through it for um, something I I hadn't completed eating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something I've just, I've just gone, oh, you know what? Yeah. 
That sandwich, that was better than I thought it was. I'm going back in the bin and get that out. Um, paper, I'd go into the West Tigers, paper. West Tigers jumper? I, I, I Something I've half eaten? <laughs> <laughs> of course I would. All right, let's get to Dave in North Tarama. Hello, Dave. Hey, mate, how are you? Very good indeed. All right, you've had to go through a bin. What was it for? Mate, I just started working a bank as a teller, and when you transfer cash between each the head teller and, like, the other tellers, you've got to fill out these forms. And I didn't know what I was doing, obviously, first week. Ten grand worth. I had to slip for ten grand. I was sitting there going, uh, going oh, what are you talking about? I need to fill out a form. I, you know, like, I just gave you ten grand. She's like, yeah, but you didn't give me the form. So how do I know you gave it to me? Oh. I had to go through the bins for the last two or three days with people's lunches and shit in there to find it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, so you're looking for a piece of paper in, at a bank. There'd be a fair few of those <laughs> laying around, wouldn't there? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you're literally filling out, like, 150 of these a day yep. across, like, eight tellers. Yep. And it was – and, and, and it always gets thrown into one big rubbish bin, so it wasn't, wasn't fun. And that's why they keep the rubbish for like they keep rubbish for like a week or two for that reason. Oh, just manky sandwiches in I'd, there. I'd go through a bin oh. for ten grand. Yeah, so would I. Absolutely, yeah, no drums at all. But Dave was going I was through. Also my job on the line. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> you, even, you don't even get the ten grand, Dave. You just get your job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and probably a wrap over the knuckles for ten grand worth of money missing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that's because you're not very good at it, Dave. But you've learned, and that's that's the important thing. Got Rob in Penrith. Hello, Rob. Uh, g'day, Merrick. Good to have you on the show, Rob. All right, what have you gone through a bin to find? Well, it wasn't actually me. What happened was is uh, I work at a landfill just up in the Blue Mountains. Yep. And um, there was a bloke, he uh, he worked at, I think it was Coles somewhere in the mountains. I think there's one or two of them in the mountains. Yep. And he lost a gold watch. They were doing a stock take or something. Yeah. And he lost it and they were throwing away produce. Anyway, he got picked up by the, the compactor truck and all that sort of stuff and brought to the tip. And... Behind the truck comes this car screaming behind it, and they went through the entire compactor truck full of garbage, and I disappeared for lunch as he was searching for it. I was like, yeah, just go for it, mate, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I come back, and he found it. Oh, that's great. Was it like, do you know if it was a family heirloom, or was it just because it was valuable, or...? Yeah, he, he reckons that, um, I don't know how much truth there was to it, but he reckons that it was like his, you know, dead grandparents or dead grandfathers or something was left to him. Okay, hang on a second. It's not like that scene in Pulp Fiction where nope. he's, he's had to get the watch because it's been up his grandfather's ass. <laughs> well, I hope not. No, nah, well, you know what? It's probably cleaner than the tip anyway, so. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's get to Joanne and Glenory. Hello, Joanne. I'm good. I had to go through the bins. For my sister-in-law, who rang me up after having 40 people over with the barbecue, she lost her 18-carat gold Sharoni bracelet. Oh. <laughs> and um, she thought it was in the bin after she swept the floor and put the rubbish in. So I said, no, I'll go through it. It's worth it. Mm. So I went through seafood, meat, salad, oh. whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot after a barbecue for that many people. <laughs> yes, and it, it was gross. But and? I did it, but, and I didn't find it. <laughs> Only to find out that the next night, my sister-in-law was doing the washing, another sister-in-law, and her son picked it up from the lawn because he saw something shiny oh. on the grass. Picked it up and put it in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what you should have done? You should have claimed it. You should have taken it down to cash converters and just gone, eh, well, you know, went out with the garbage. Here's a few <laughs> sly hundred for me on the side. Yeah, should have, oh. but I didn't. I'm too nice. Yeah, and it's a sister-in-law. It's not even like a real proper sister, so you had a real chance there. Oh, well. Once a week now, for the last four weeks, we'll see how long it goes for. 
Do we think we might be at the bottom is, is of the this, well? Is this number three, number four? Number four. Number four. Sydney Uncovered. This is where I look at a little snapshot of uh, something in Sydney, something we might be familiar with. It might be an icon. It might be just something to do with this city. And I try to explore a little bit more historically and, and, and present some of the facts. And then I like to change some of those facts and then and make stuff up. <laughs> it, has, it has received a good reception. From whom? From some of the calls. I want names. Name names. Well, there was Dave. Dave said it was uh, education. Right. Dave did too. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Dave. He's a very supportive member of the community. He is a very supportive member of Merrickville. Yep. Um, you know, um, uh, there was um, another bloke. Was there? Yeah, that's good. Can we get his details? <laughs> <laughs> was his details Merrick Watts of Lilyville? That guy. Okay. That guy. That guy. Yeah. Uh, well, this week I've, I focused on something. I don't know why. I just thought it'd be different. I focused on Rookwood Cemetery because Rookwood Cemetery is the largest cemetery at the time. It was the largest cemetery. Uh, one of the largest in the world, and it was the largest in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, right. But also, too, it was the first time when uh, Sydney as a city had a kind of um, uh, an external cemetery when they pushed it out of the kind of uh, inner city areas. Didn't make it. A, didn't make it a you know a, a tourist attraction in the middle of the CBD. No, 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 yeah. no exactly because it would have just been a dead zone. Hey, hey. that was good. Uh, yeah. It would have been like Darling Harbour was a few years ago, just cemetery. Anyway. <laughs> This is Sydney Uncovered Today, Rookwood Cemetery. You live in this city, but do you know what lies beneath? This is an incomplete history of Australia's first colony. This is Sydney Uncovered. During the 19th century, Australia, like Europe, followed an increasing trend to move burial sites outside of the cities to allow more space for IKEA stores. Although the similarities between IKEA and a cemetery cannot be ignored. One, both only allow people to travel in one direction with no way of return. Two, at some stage you find yourself helplessly lost inside a box. And three, when you do finally reach the end, you always feel regret for something that you didn't do along the way. In 1856, a railway line to Parramatta was completed and it was decided to locate the new cemetery at some point along the line. Several sites were considered, including Bankstown, because, after all, they were making the majority of the courses there. I mean, just cut out the middleman, am I right? I am, aren't I? However, in 1862, the government purchased 80 hectares of land at Haslam's Creek from the estate of Edward Cohen. No relation to Leonard Cohen. Although, both are responsible for the burial of thousands. Am I right? Hallelujah. I am. The site was approved due to its relative isolation and proximity to the railway line. On the 1st of January 1868, Rookwood Cemetery, officially named Rookwood Necropolis, was opened and was to become the largest necropolis in the Southern Hemisphere. Again, Australia takes out another Southern Hemisphere title that no one else gave a shit about. Simply known as the Necropolis, meaning City of the Dead, local residents lobbied officials to have the name of their village changed from Haslam's Creek due to its association with the cemetery. In 1879, the villagers got their wish and there his name was changed to Rookwood. However, before long, the Necropolis was also being referred to by that name. So that was a massive fail. These same villagers would go on to project manage the Sydney monorail, Darling Harbour, the Entertainment Quarter at Moore Park, Cross City Tunnel, the M4, the George Street Light Rail, and... Oh, you get the point. Mortuary Station served each of the three sections of the Necropolis, with a fourth at the main junction and a fifth on Regent Street adjacent to Central Station, which can still be seen today. Trains ran at 9.30am and 3pm, which meant people would often have lunch at the cemetery. That's nice, I guess. The trains that carried the mourners were known as 
unimproved red ferns. That's a tautology. I thought an unimproved red fern was a red fern. The rail line was used to convey funeral parties to Rookwood until 1948, when the expanded use of processions by road made it obsolete. Most processions followed Parramatta Road, which means Parramatta Road has a long history of serving stiffies. You know what I mean? Yeah? You know, massage services with the open light? OK, I think we get that. Today, there are roughly one million people buried or cremated at Rookwood Cemetery, which is about twice as big as Canberra, yet only half as dead. <laughs> you, Canberra. I just had a little example of Sydney Uncovered there. We talked about Rookwood Cemetery because that was what everybody in Sydney was hoping that we'd be talking about on a Monday. And, Mez, you, wanted, you said you wanted names of yes. people who were yes. in support of the segment. Yes, and then you... And Lisa's called through. Oh, okay. Hi, Lisa. How are you going? Good. How are you? Very good indeed. Did you genuinely like that little tale on Rookwood Cemetery? I do. I found it really interesting, and I have another fact for you. Oh, do it. Go. I love this stuff. Go. Where my grandparents actually buried in a certain section of the cemetery, the, the original pillars from the original station are still there and if you stand at a certain point and actually see that where the original train line went because the trees are actually shorter. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because for years it bothered me why those pillars are there and I did a tour of the cemetery and they, they showed us where it all was and how it all happened. So Lisa, you can you can actually go on a tour, like there's like tour yeah. groups around Rookwood. Next month in September and they actually take you around and they take you into the crypts and have talks. And wow. They you, so you, when you first go into Rookwood as well, there's a church to your left, and it was actually one of the original places that had the original morgue underneath yeah. the church. Yeah, okay, because I knew that. I knew that they had, because they had a mortuary station uh, right near Central. You can still see. You can drive you past. It, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they used to they used to keep bodies there, and then they would put them on the train and send them to Rookwood. And, that was, and I think they used to do that because basically they had to kind of you know, get them because they were going a bit off, you know, yeah. you know how corpses do that. So they would get them on the train and get them out to Rookwood as fast as they could so they could get them in the ground. And then there's yep. a mortuary station out there. What else did you learn when you were at Rookwood? What else did you learn about the, the cemetery there that we wouldn't know? Oh, God, there's heaps of things. Like they, take, they take you through the graves and tell you who's buried there. And it's just the amount of historians that they get through there and what they can tell you, it's just mind-blowing. It's funny that you can do tours. It's a little bit creepy, but also too kind of historically quite interesting. Mez, it, pack, it packs out. Does Me- it? Yeah. Lisa, and you can tell People me. People are you dying th- to get into it, Lisa. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Lisa, you can tell me what you think of this idea what as well. Mean, Mez, what have yeah. we done recently? We did the touring. Yes. What oh. do you think about a deathery, a deathery, or, oh. or a grave trip? Or okay, a- okay, Lisa, we did. We get, we went to a, a brewery last week and went on a tour, and it was awesome fun. Maybe what Liam's suggesting here, Lisa, maybe you could advise us. We could go to Rookwood Cemetery and go on a tour for the show, and we could drink at all of the different <laughs> stops along. No? Oh, okay. Sorry, you meant without alcohol, Liam. Yeah. No, sorry, that won't be happening. But thank you for calling through, though, Lisa. It was excellent. No, no worries. Well, as you're on your way home tonight, you're probably thinking two things. Number one is Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Yeah, do that. Get that when you get home. The other thing you're probably not thinking about as much is the fact that Paleo Pete Evans. He's a bit of a character, I've got to say. He's now suggesting... He's entered that realm, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. He's a character now. Uh, he's suggested recently, I think online, that um, the whole notion of eating three meals a day is, in fact, not healthy and not necessary. Uh, three meals a day is kind of the regular norm that you would see around the world for, I think, well, 
I'll just get confirmation. I think about the last um, 150,000 years. Mm. Um, but he reckons that if you combine that with his 10-week program, you can skip meals and fasting was a, a regular and cheaper and quicker way to eat and lose weight. Um, he's, and I quote, created the, the notion of three meals a day created to help the multinational food industry stay in business by keeping the population craving carbs and not being able to maintain a healthy weight or stay healthy. No, you know what I reckon, Pete? I reckon it was from being hungry. <laughs> I reckon that's I reckon that's where the three meals a day thing came from because I wake up in the morning and I'm hungry. Yeah. Then around about, I don't know, let's just call it lunchtime, I get hungry again and I have a little meal. I, I often refer to that one as lunch. Have you ever been around people who are fasting? Yeah. Yeah, horrible to be around. No, not all people. Yeah. Not all people. People who, who are, are practicing uh, through Ramadan, it, they, their bodies are tuned. Fasting has, has always been a part of humanity. We have. Fasting is not necessarily bad for us. Sure. But it depends on how you do it, and it depends on what times you do it. But most religions do have a degree of fasting in them as part of, of the makeup of their doctrine, yeah? All right. I wasn't necessarily thinking so much people doing it for religion. But Paleo Pete is not a religion, <laughs> okay? Let's just point that out. I was more thinking Lent, there have Lent, been Ramadan. certain people in the office mm. who have, yeah, okay, mate, how are you going? I'm fine. Well, what's wrong with you? I'm doing the five and two diet. Five and what's two. that? Where I don't eat anything for five days. days and I, then I can eat whatever I want for the other two. I went on a, I went on a diet last week. You know that. Because I thought I put on a couple of extra kegs. You were still eating though. Drinking a ton. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I did this thing, which I found online. So, I mean, if you find I'm it online, I mean, <laughs> Um, it was like literally the first thing that I Googled online. I went, I'll do that. Is there any, should you do any follow-up and check for health repercussions? No. You know who I It's feel online so... and it's got a picture. You know who I feel sorry for? The people who are on the page two of the Google results. No one's ever clicked through to page no. two. Why would I do that? No one's ever clicked through to page two. Well, how's this? On one page, it had five suggestions and I went, I'm not even going to suggestion number two. I'm not even doing that. I don't have time to go and check yeah. facts. No. I'm getting on some crazy wild diet. I lost four and a half kilos in one week. Wow. Month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt good. Wow. Felt fine. But it was just healthy eating. It was just four and bang. Just off like that. It, it recommended you chop off <clears> a then, foot. Your yeah. foot weighed four kilos. Four and a half kilos I'd lost in one week from uh, from Monday through to Sunday. That's good. And then I put uh, 11 kilos on yesterday during the Conor McGregor fight. <laughs> Actually, I got a call from you yesterday during the Conor McGregor fight. Did I? Did yep. I ring you? What did yeah. I say? I don't know. Was, there was some slurring. Remember. I don't know. It was not healthy. I think you mistook me for someone else. Really? That I happens. don't know who is underneath my number in your phone, but. Oh, God. Lammy. <laughs> Who's Lammy? Anyway, he's an interesting, he's becoming an interesting Look, he's character. he's interesting. He's a character but here's now. here's the thing. If, if you don't have three meals a day, Pete, I mean, how do, you, how do you set out your day if you don't have your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner? Mm. How do you know where the rest of your life is? Unless, of course, you've got your own strategy. Oh, no, we've run out of time for that. Of course we have. Because yeah. <laughs> I did that thing where I set up something for so long yeah, that we, we, got, ended we, up, got, we ended up having no we time. We got 20 seconds left. Yeah. That was pretty handy. Yeah. Well done, Mez. Again, <laughs> that's the second time I've done it with that exact same piece, isn't it? The second yeah. time I've done that? Yeah. Am I back on tomorrow? You, well, it depends. To be. we'll see. Do you want to come back on tomorrow? What meal time should I come in for? Ask Pete. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. And be a Merrickville. Uh, Merrickvilleite. Merrickvilleman. Join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM 104.9.